here it comes. That special musical treat the whole family has been waiting for. A joyous menagerie of entertainment. All spun from Charlotte's Web. When we are close together, it's so plain to see. Now, at last, the classic book by E.B. White charms the screen with its warm tale of friendship between a little girl and a lovable pig. Say the things I'm thinking of, but there's something more I'm feeling must be love. And between the pig and a tidy duckling. We've got lots in common where it really counts, where it But most of all, between the pig and a very remarkable spider. My name is Charlotte. Charlotte A. Cavatica. Chin up, chin up. Every little time your spirits wilt. Chin up, chin up. Give your attitude an upward tilt. Twinkle, sparkle. Make a little fun begin. You'll be on the right side looking at the bright side. Up with your chinny chin. Chin up. Can't you talk, talk, talk? <laughs> You probably, probably could if you tried. <laughs> oh, you can do better, better, better than that. Wilbur! Wilbur! There, there, there. You speak very well. I can talk. I can talk. I can actually, factually talk. Isn't it great? I articulate. Enjoy the exciting new songs from the Academy Award team that gave you Mary Poppins. And meet a barnyard bonanza of lovable characters. Like Wilbur the Runt, who becomes Farmer Zuckerman's prize pig. And Templeton. What's in it for me? The rat who lets his stomach rule his heart. After the gates are shut. Each night when the lights go out, it can be found on the ground all around. That's where a rat can blot, 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 blot. And of course, Charlotte. The spider who devotes her life to a friend. And so she changes. Yes, it's all here. Starring the talents of Debbie Reynolds, Paul Lynn, Henry Gibson, and Agnes Moorhead. In the happiest motion picture of the year. Don't miss this terrific, radiant, just plain wonderful experience. The magic spun from... Charlotte's Web. Fare thee well, Charlotte, you old schemer. This will be a night to remember. Much like Timon, catering to a whole crowd of ravenous hyenas. This week, we are aching for some bacon. As we discuss the history of a book we all know and love, this is the story of Charlotte's Web. This is Toys R Us. All of my best friends are toys. 
Hello. Hello. And welcome home once again to the Toys R Us podcast. Your weekly journey into the past to discover the history of an undeniable part of your childhood. My name is Richard Hunt, and with me as always is my cousin and co-host, Brian Muth. Hello, everybody. Brian. Yes, sir. This week we are taking it back to the OG Notorious P.I.G. <laughs> and the story of Charlotte's Web. That's awesome. That being said, are you ready to dive in? Let's spin the web. Ayo! We start our story in Mount Vernon, New York, on July 11th, 1899. Whew. A real long time ago. That's a real long time ago. Way before Dave Chappelle had two kids. Where Samuel Tilly White, the president of a piano firm, and Jesse Hart White, daughter of an extremely talented Scottish painter, William Hart, brought into the world their second son. Elwyn Brooks White. That's a mouthful. Elwyn. Elwyn. Some Lord of the Rings shit, almost. Yeah. <laughs> Elwyn Brooks White. Oh, fuck. Alright. Like, okay. Elwyn's older brother, Stanley Hart White, known as Stan, a professor of landscape architecture and the inventor of the vertical garden, taught E.B. White to read and explore the natural world. E.B. White graduated from Cornell University with a Bachelor of Arts degree in 1921. Boom. So he graduated, and he's like, I'm just going to fucking get shit-faced through the rest of the 20s. <laughs> he's like, yep, it's on now. He's fucking great Gatsbyan over here, you know? <laughs> he got the nickname Andy at Cornell, where tradition confers that moniker on any male student whose name is White, after Cornell co-founder Andrew Dixon White. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, it's fucking Andy. You're like... Fucking Andy. You're like, okay, I guess. I guess it's my fucking name now. Um, While at Cornell, he worked as editor of the Cornell Daily Sun with classmate Allison Danzig. <laughs> Dude, that's a bother name as fuck. <laughs> Allison Danzig. Who is also Danzig's mother. No, wouldn't that be funny? Though? <laughs> that would be funny. Um, who later became a sports writer for the New York Times. E.B. White was also a member of the... Wow. Alf Samach and Quill and Dagger Societies in Pi Gamma Delta. Hmm. The Fiji Fraternity. After graduation, he worked for the United Press, now United Press International, and the American Legion News Service in 1921 and 1922. Yeah. In 1922 to 1923, he was a club reporter for the Seattle Times. On one occasion, when White was stuck writing a story, a Times editor said, Just say the words. He then almost worked for two years with Frank Seaman Advertising Agency as a production assistant and copywriter. That's awesome. Which is like, so so far a lot of these book-related episodes, these authors have started out as copywriters. Yeah. Wow. You all just took that... Same trajectory, whether or not you know it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I get it, but I mean, why not blaze your own trail? I think it's like you have to, you have to work your way up there. Yeah, kind right? of stay in the confines. You have to kind of set your own trail ablaze. Yeah, that makes it, sense. Even if it takes some steps, you'd rather just Skip. fucking rush right through. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Before returning to New York City in 1924, 
And when the New Yorker was found in 1925, White submitted um, some manuscripts to it. Catherine An- Angel, or Angel? It's An- it's Angel, but it's two L's. So yeah. would it just be Angel? I would say so. Catherine Angel, the literary editor, recommended to editor-in-chief and founder Harold Ross that White be hired as a staff writer. However, it took months to convince him to come to a meeting at the office, and additional weeks to convince him to work on the premises. What a dick. Eventually, he agreed to work on the office on Thursdays. Still, dick. Yeah. Uh, E.B. White was shy around women, claiming he had too small a heart, too large a pen. <laughs> hey Too large a pen 15. <laughs> <laughs> it's just try this web, but it's like... Some dick. He <laughs> <laughs> got that nerd. Um, but in 1929, culminating in an affair which led to her divorce, White and Catherine Angel were married. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> they waste no time, did they? No, so he's like, listen, pun intended here, I'm I'm tired of just porking you behind your husband's back. Divorce him and marry me, please. <laughs> <laughs> please, please. Please. That's just like I made a Facebook status yesterday about how we all gave Uncle Crack- Uncle Cracker a platinum song about fucking somebody else's wife. No, that song is awful. And then uh, just gaslighting her when she wants a yeah. further relationship. He's like, "No, look, I'm not going to give you money. I can't give you this guy, and you just you're better ask- better off if you don't ask yeah. why." You're like, what "The fuck, fat motherfucker! <laughs> you're a dirty fuck. You son of a bitch." Um. They had a son, Joel White, a naval architect and boat builder who later owned B- Brooklyn Boatyard in Brooklyn, Maine. Which is like, you start to think, oh, Brooklyn, oh, like, Brooklyn, oh, Maine. Maine. <laughs> somewhere, somewhere. Maine, so, I mean, it could be okay. Somewhere Stephen King was like, all the crazy shit in the world happens here. Just right Maine. here, right here in my backyard. Yep. Um, I mean, I guess that's not real different than like, uh, like stories in the Bible, all takes place in one yeah limited geographic yeah. area. You're like, wow, all this shit happened right here, huh? Hmm. Imagine that. Definitely believe everything. Surprise. <laughs> um, Catherine's son from her first marriage, Roger Angel, has spent decades as a fiction writer for the New Yorker and is well known as the magazine's baseball writer. Hmm. A.B. White had Alzheimer's and died on October 1st, 1985 at his farm home in North Brooklyn, Maine. Oh, that sucks. He is buried in the Brooklyn Cemetery beside Catherine, who died in 1977. In the late 1930s, E.B. White turned his hand to write children's books on the behalf of his niece, Janice Hart White. His first children's book, Stuart Little was published in 1945, and Charlotte's Web found, uh, followed in 1952. Stuart Little initially received a lukewarm welcome from the literary community. However... He was like, meh. Yeah, he just like... Which is just the perfect sentence for Stuart Little. Yeah, it is. Nobody's like, man, I really fucking love like, Stuart Little. Stuart Little's the fucking shit, son. Stuart Little is one of those movies that, like... You watch in, like, a children's hospital waiting room. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You're like, you know what? This is on, I guess. My phone, I don't want my phone to die. I forgot my charger. Might as well watch fucking Jonathan Lipnicki fucking (laughs) mumble his way through his fucking Stuart Little script with Michael J. Fox. Oh, God. And fucking Hugh Laurie. And Gina Davis. What a fucking just... 
Oh, wow. You don't think about it, but what a fucking cast. Yeah, that's pretty stacked. <laughs> right? To just put out yeah. a movie that is ultimately forgotten. Nobody fucking talks about Stuart Little. No, hell no. no more people talking about the mouse, mouse and the motorcycle. Or fucking Mouse Hunt. Yeah. <laughs> or the witches. Oh. The witches. Um, however, both Stuart Little and Charlotte's Web went on to receive high acclaim. Charlotte's Web winning the Newbery Medal from the American Library Association. White also received the Laura Ingalls Wilder Medal from the U.S. Professional Children's Librarians in 1970. That's impressive. It recognized his substantial and lasting contributions to children's literature. That year, he was also the U.S. nominee and eventual runner-up for the biennial Hans Christian Andersen Award, as he was again in 1976. Oh, okay. Also in 1970, White's third children's novel was published, The Trumpet of the Swan. In 1973, it won the Sequoia Award from Oklahoma and the William Allen White Award from Kansas, both selected by students voting for their favorite book of the year. In 2012, the School Library Journal sponsored a survey of readers, which identified Charlotte's Web as the best children's novel, fictional title for readers 9 through 12. I love democracy. (laughs) It's treason, then. Or, if you're talking about bacon, it's seasoned, then. (laughs) The librarian who conducted it said, It is impossible to conduct a poll of this sort and expect White's novel to be anywhere but number one. Which, if you look about kids' novels, yeah. if it's not number one, it's at least in the top five. You'd at least right? hope so. Um, Charlotte's Web was published three years after White began writing it. White's editor, Ursula Nordstrom, who, if you recall, was also Shel Silverstein's editor, <laughs> said that one day in 1952, E.B. White arrived at her office and handed her a new manuscript. The only copy of Charlotte's Web then in existence. She's like, but what about my old one? <laughs> Which she soon read and enjoyed. Charlotte's Web was released on October 15th, 1952. <laughs> Holy shit. I know. You're like, fuck. It's like, god damn. God damn. God damn. Um, since White published Death of a Pig in 1948, an account of his own failure to save a sick pig, Charlotte's Web can be seen as White's attempt to save a pig, in retrospect. Yeah, definitely. White's overall motivation for the book has not been revealed, and he has written, I haven't told you why I wrote the book, but I haven't told you why I sneeze, either. A book is a sneeze. (laughs) Okay. Strange flex, but all right. When White met the spider who originally inspired Charlotte, he called her Charlotte Apira, after Apira Sculpteria, the great cross spider, now known as Laranioides Sculptaris. That sounds awful. Yeah. Whatever it is, it just sounds terrible. Yeah. Laran... Laran... (laughs) Laranioides Sculptaris. It sounds like I just did a magic spell and like Harry Potter's around the corner with some spiders. Mm-hmm. But they later discovered a more modern for the name of that genus was Arania. <laughs> but they were happy about that. Yeah, because I had to say that long ass fucking name. Fucking name. 
Uh, in the novel, Charlotte gives her full name as Charlotte A. Cavatica? Charlotte A. Cavatica, revealing her as a barn spider, an orb weaver with a scientific name, Oranius Cavactus. The lousy ceiling spiders. No, fucking spiders, man. Yeah. The arachnid anatomical terms mentioned in the beginning of Chapter 9 and other information that White used came mostly from American Spiders by William J. Jertst and the Spider Book by John Henry Comstock. Spider Book? Spider Book. <laughs> Which is, like, just gives you the idea of, like, laying on your back and there's, like... <laughs> Some a spider web holding your book for you. <laughs> okay. Thanks, spider book. Thanks, spider book. Um, but both of which combine with a sense of poetry and scientific fact. White incorporated details from Comstock's accounts of baby spiders, most notably the flight of the young spiders on silken parachutes. Ooh. And White sent Gert's book to illustrator Garth Williams. <laughs> Darth Williams. Sure, is it Garth Brooks? Garth, yeah. Let me know all on my roots. There's a spider in boots. You're like, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, Williams' initial drawings depicted a spider with a woman's face, and White suggested that he simply draw a realistic spider instead. Which is like, ugh. Just a spider, a normal spider, but a woman's face. Yep. Mm, I didn't need to sleep. Mm. So somebody did that with uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, I'm a cat. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> Last time I trusted somebody, I lost an eye. <laughs> he just turns into a cat to get his payback. Um, <clears throat> White originally opened the novel with an introduction of Wilbur in the barnyard, which later became Chapter 3, but decided to begin with the novel by introducing Fern and her family on the first page. White's publishers were at one point concerned with the book's ending and tried to get White to change it. Charlotte's he Web... doesn't have it, huh? No, hell no. I mean, which is good for him. Like, yeah, he stuck to his, his fucking guns. But at the same time, you're like, damn, dude, that is fucking bleak. Way to break an entire generation of children. Multiple <laughs> generations. They had it coming. Yeah. Boomers. <laughs> uh, Charlotte's Web has become White's most famous book. But he treasured his privacy and that of the farmyard and barn that helped him inspire his novel, which have been kept off limits to the public according to his wishes. No touchy. No touchy the barn. Um, Plot-wise, we have after a little girl named Farn... Farn? Farn Arable pleads for the life of a runt of the litter of piglets one spring morning. Her father gives her the pig to nurture. And she names him Wilbur. Aww. Which is just such a 50s fucking name. It really is. Wilbur. It's just so fucking wholesome. It really is. Man. Okay, Wilbur. Um, she treats him as a pet, but a month later, no longer small, Wilbur is sold to Fern's uncle, Homer Zuckerman. Homer. Zuckerman. Zuckerman. Any relation to the Zuck? <laughs> Probably not. No. But you never know. Suck and fucking Zuck. In Zuckerman's barnyard, Wilbur yearns for companionship, but is snubbed by the other animals. He is befriended by a barn spider named Charlotte, whose web sits in a doorway overlooking Wilbur's enclosure. When Wilbur discovers that he is being raised for slaughter, she promises to hatch a plan to guaranteed a plan guaranteed to spare his life. 
Fern often sits on a stool listening to the animals' conversations, but over the course of the story, as she starts to mature, she begins to find other interests. There's like, like to do. You know, you people branch like out. To keep it varied. Yes. As the summer passes, Charlotte ponders the question on how to save Wilbur. And at last she comes up with a plan which she proceeds to implement, reasoning that Zuckerman would not kill a famous pig. Which, I mean, hell. Something something cop related. <laughs> something something dark side. <laughs> um... Charlotte weaves words or short phrases in the praise of Wilbur into her web, making the die die pig like damn. Um, making the barn and the pig a tourist attraction, with the web believed to be a miracle. At the country fair, to which he is accompanied by Charlotte and the rat Templeton, Wilbur fails to win the blue ribbon award, but is awarded a special prize by the judges. Charlotte. Mm-hmm. By then dying, as, by, as barn spiders do in the fall, <sighs> here's a presentation over the public address system and knows that the prize means Zuckerman's will cherish Wilbur as long as the pig lives, and will never slaughter him for his meat. She does not return to the farm with Wilbur and Templeton, remaining at the fairgrounds to die, but allows Wilbur to take with him her egg sack, from which her children will hatch in the spring. Wilbur waits out the winter, a winter he would have not survived but for Charlotte. Delighted when the tiny spiders hatch, he is devastated when most leave the barn. Three remain to take up residence in Charlotte's old doorway. Pleased at finding new friends, Wilbur names one of them Nellie. Nellie, you said? Nellie. Like, oh, 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 wait a minute now, uh-oh. Um, while the remaining two names themselves Joy and Arania. Further generations of spider keep him keep him company in subsequent years. That's okay, then. Um, doers. Charlotte's Web was generally well-reviewed when it was released. In the New York Times, Eudora Welty, which is another... Like, <laughs> wow. That's, that's, that's a deep dive. That's somebody's name, okay. Um, wrote, As a piece of work, it is just about perfect. And just as magical in the way it is done. Aside from its paperback sales, Charlotte's Web is 78th on the all-time best-selling books list. Which is fuck, like, all-time. You know how many books there are? Probably more than grains of sand in the world. I hate sand. (laughs) (laughs) It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Um, According to the publicity for the 2006 film adaptation... The book has sold more than 45 million copies and been translated into 23 languages. Hot damn. It was a Newbery Honor book for 1953, losing to The Secret of Anne's Bee by Anne Nolan Clark for the medal. Seth Lear, in his book Children's Literature, finds that Charlotte represents female authorship and creativity and compares her to other female characters in children's literature such as Joe March and Little, Woman, Little Women and Mary Lennox in The Secret Garden. Nancy Larrick brings to attention the startling note of realism in the opening line. Where is Papa going with that axe? Yep. You should like To Kevin Spacey's house. <laughs> to do what? Get killed by Kevin Spacey somehow? Yeah, it's true. Somehow he like trip on it and end up right in his forehead. Oh, God. At least that's what Spacey would say. Yeah. 
Illustrator Henry Cole expressed his deep childhood appreciation of the characters and story, and calls Garth Williams' illustrations full of sensitivity, warmth, humor, and intelligence. Illustrator Diana Kane Bluthenthal, which is like, fuck, man. Diana Kane Bluthenthal states that Williams' illustrations inspired and influenced her. Um, in 2005, a school teacher in California conceived of a project for her class in which they would send out hundreds of drawings of spiders, each representing Charlotte's children, going out into the world that she can return and tell Wilbur of what she has seen. With accompanying letters, they ended up visiting a large number of parks, monuments, and museums, and were hosted by and prompted responses from celebrities and politicians such as John Travolta and then First Lady Laura Bush. So it was like Flat Stanley. <laughs> Remember Flat Stanley? Yeah. Where you'd like send it to a relative and be like, here is a picture that I took with Flat Stanley. Okay. Yeah. They did that, but with, you know, drawings of spiders. Which is just like, you see John Travolta open the mail and he has a fucking drawing of a spider in there. He's like, whoa. <laughs> see, Andy. Um, in 2003, Charlotte's Web was listed at number 170 on the BBC's The Big Read poll of the UK's 200 Best Loved Novels. That's not bad. Not bad. A 2004 study found that Charlotte's Web was a common read-along book for third graders in schools in San Diego County, California. And based on a 2007 online poll, the National Education Association named the book one of its teachers' top 100 books for children. It was also one of the top 100 chapter books of all time in a 2012 poll by the School Library Journal. The book was uh, adapted into an animated feature of the same name by Hanna-Barbera in 1973. In 2003, a direct-to-video sequel of that film, Charlotte's Web 2, Warpus Great Adventure, was released by Paramount Pictures. In 2006, Paramount Pictures with Walden Media, Kerner Entertainment Group, and Nickelodeon Movies produced a live-action adaptation starring Dakota Fanning as Fern and the voice of uh, Julia Roberts as Charlotte. I'm kind of okay with that. Yeah, it fits. Yeah, it does. It fits. Could also see maybe, like, Uma Thurman. Yeah. Right? Yeah. She's got that kind of otherworldly sound. Yeah. Our fucking Tilda Swinton. Oh, baller. Right? Oh, I love Tilda Swinton. So good. Um, son of a bitch. <laughs> I don't think so, Tim. Uh, a musical production was created with music and lyrics by Charles Strauss. Strauss. And there was a video game in 2006 for the film by <laughs> THQ. <laughs> And released on December 12th, 2006, for the Game Boy Advance, Nintendo DS, PlayStation 2, and PC. Boy, I bet those PS2 graphics are really kind of that spider. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck? You know who deserves a PC game? Yeah. Yeah, it's Fanty. Fact, man. Garth Williams, who also illustrated Stuart Little and Little House on the Prairie, wasn't sure how to draw Charlotte at first. He wanted her to look friendly and charming, two words that most people do not attribute to spiders. And he tried drawing her with a woman's face and even went so far as to make her look like Mona Lisa. Oh, wow. It's 
pretty terrifying. That is terrifying. That's um, like nightmare fuel. Both White and Nordstrom nixed the idea, and they finally settled on drawing an atomically correct spider with too little pinpoint for eyes. While Charlotte's Web received great reviews, it was still disparaged by some educators and parents because of characters. A book about a spider? And because Charlotte dies. Well, you gotta learn about death sometimes. You have to. I mean... And then you would think my parents would, like, relish the idea yeah, of like, somebody like, else explaining we, we don't death. Have, we're hands off here. We don't have yeah, to do it. My hands are clean. Um, in a letter to Nordstrom, which was unpublished but cited in the annotated Charlotte's Web, White made fun of the criticism with a bit of satire. I'm working on a new book about a boa constructor and a litter of hyenas. The boa constructor swallows the babies one by one, and the mother hyena dies laughing. <laughs> oh, that's dark. He's a dark, dark boy. Um, Hollywood wanted to cut Charlotte's death from the cartoon entirely. Now, why would you do that? But that's he like- resisted um, Hollywood at first, nervous about what the studio would do to his book. Finally, in 1973, Hanna-Barbera made a cartoon of Charlotte's Web with Debbie Reynolds as the voice of Charlotte. Yeah, that's the one I remember. Mm-hmm. Predictably, Hollywood tried to get a happier ending for the story, worried about the kids' film where a main character dies. Well. But White held firm that Charlotte's death was essential to the story, and in the end, he won. The cartoon remained faithful to the book. Fucking okay. E.B. White recorded an audiobook of Charlotte's Web in 1970 even though it had been almost 20 years since he wrote the book. Charlotte's death still made him emotional. Every time he broke down when he got to Charlotte's death, Michael Sims, author of The Story of Charlotte's Web, E.B. White's eccentric life in nature and the birth of an American classic. And he would do it, and it would mess him him up. He took 17 takes to get get through Charlotte's death without his voice cracking or beginning to cry. Holy shit! Yeah. Which is like, damn, man. If you that, that's how you know you got it. Yeah, if you could write something that makes you cry, despite the fact yeah. that you wrote it. Yeah. Yeah. There is a strain of marijuana called Charlotte's Web. Yeah. Named for a little girl, Charlotte, who was riddled with like multiple seizures a day. Oh, damn! And okay. once they tried, like, marijuana. That was that, huh? That was it. That was it. And so we come to the end. Of another web we've weaved. Yep. Charlotte's Web is, like, undeniably... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, it's in everybody's fucking childhood. Yeah, everybody knows of it, at least. Right, if you didn't read it, you knew somebody that did, or you've seen the cartoon, or the fucking movie, like, you know the plot points of Charlotte's Web. (laughs) You 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 know the major beats. If you like what you heard, and you like what you learned, and you'd like to continue learning... And liking. And liking, yes. Consider doing the following. You can follow us on all social medias. We're at Toys R Us Podcast across the board, and we are very responsive. Um, you can leave us a five-star rating and review on any podcast app that you use, specifically Apple Podcasts and Stitcher help a lot. You, yeah. can, even, you can even just go on there and say, some pig. And leave a five star review. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. We don't care. Or you become a patron by going to patreon.com slash Toys R Us podcast. Until next time. Remember that pigs may be your friend, but they're also 
quite delicious. They are. And remember, you will always be a Toys R Us kid. I'd like to take the time out to thank our patrons. We couldn't do this without you. So, thank you to Jeremy, Jessica, Nicole, Amy, Nicole, Nicole, Juanita, Sabrina, Shannon, and Steven. Thanks a bunch, guys. Hey, Campbell! On a momento, fellas! Officer Koharski, how's it going? Fine. <sighs> Say, I smell bacon. Does anyone else smell bacon? Yeah, I definitely smell a pork product of some type. Yeah, 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 I know what you're doing, Campbell. Bacon, pig, oink, oink, police officer. <laughs> I used to say that to cops when I was your age. Hey, what are you up to? Me? I just pulled over a tour bus on its way to Chicago. We had a tip that there was some drug smuggling going down. We searched the entire vehicle. It was clean, so we had to proceed with the body cavity searches. No way. Way. I inspected 12 individuals myself, inside and out. Ew. 